You know, I am super pumped for today's show because I've got my guy J.J. Jackson back. And of course, we had to talk a little Carolina Duke, right? Is Wayne Ellington right for quote tweeting Gerald Henderson? Is Coach Carwell out of place for getting upset in the handshake line? I mean, more importantly, Jerry Stackhouse had a little comment here or there, but nothing beats Caleb Love and Theo John's beef. I mean, we all thought the rivalry was dead, but I would like to beg to differ. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by our usual JJ Jackson here on Tuesday's Locked On Blue Devils podcast host. And we have so much fun stuff to go over. Today's episode of Locked On ACC is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. JJ, it's so good to see you, my friend. It is uh, equally as great to see you, Candace Cooper. It has been far too long. Yes. Uh, it's turned into one of my busiest times of the year. <laughs> now with baseball and softball in full swing, actually got to make a uh, ACC Network softball debut uh, this past weekend with Duke and Georgia Tech and plenty of work on the SEC Network. So um, sorry for the tough times coming through with schedules and that sort of thing. But I have continued to listen to every single moment of Locked on ACC because I know that the Duke Blue Devils have been in front of the headlines and I've enjoyed your perspective on all of it. So we're back to our usual Tuesday chats and I couldn't be more thrilled, Candace. There we go. Listen, it's nothing wrong with being book, booked and busy for good reason. And of course, you are super, super in the works of doing good things. So of course, kudos to you for that. And I think this is the perfect time for you to rejoin the group because we have a lot to go over with your Blue Devils after Saturday's match. And we talked a little bit about it on Monday show, but because you're here, of course, I also did Locked on Heels, a little bit of a mini interview with Isaac Shade, the new host over there. So if you guys have not checked that out, make sure you do. But JJ's here. Too. And he's he's doing a great job. Isaac <laughs> okay. is awesome. We did a crossover Listen. before the first Duke and UNC meeting this year. And uh, yeah, make sure you check all that stuff out because uh, I enjoyed listening to the Tar Heels perspective <laughs> on their Monday edition, recapping the uh, the win for North Carolina. No doubt. I love him simply because he has the world's greatest camera. I'm like, I don't know. That made you look like a superstar, right? So there it is. But Coach K's farewell tour has come to a media, like little pit stop. So we're done with the regular season, right? We're tuning up. We're getting ready for postseason life and all that good stuff. But all the pompous circumstance, every balloon can imagine the confetti, the, ro- red, the royal blue carpet, we should say, was ro- rolled out. We had 80-plus players in the building. Everything was set for the Duke Blue Devils to dominate Carolina, come with this you know, post-game story where we're talking about how great he is, legacy. He's gotten teary-eyed. I'm just like feeling it. I'm paying $5,000 to sit in a hot box, and hopefully I want to see a win. And then – 94-81, Carolina says, wait a gosh darn minute. Let's ruin this retirement party. What was your mood once you saw it was not going to go in the Blue Devils' favor? Uh, unbelievably hurt, for yeah. sure, What would be the mood. And I will also say that my close friends and family do know that going into it, I didn't have a great feeling about it, which mm. shocked a lot of people because Duke was overwhelmingly favored against North Carolina. But it just goes to show, we talk about it a lot on this show, 
And I know it's not just locked on North Carolina schools in the ACC. It's locked on ACC as a whole. But what that rivalry has done for the conference is just unbelievable. And yeah. it is the greatest rivalry in college basketball. Truly anything can happen. I posted earlier today about five different times since the year 2000 that we've seen Duke win in Chapel Hill and North Carolina win in Cameron. And look, you're going to get up for the biggest games. Yeah. And that's what North Carolina did in this one. And then from the Duke perspective, you're asking these 18 and 19 year olds because the team is so young to play basketball in front of the greatest Duke basketball players ever. That was so cool, so emotional. Coach K saying after the game, he didn't think he would cry, and he did cry. Mm -hmm. Like, that got to me. But are you kidding me? Christian Leitner is there with J.J. Redick and Grant Hill and Shane Battier and Trajan Langdon and all of these amazing players over the years for Duke basketball. And our current team has to be like, all right, let's go get a win. And unfortunately it just didn't happen. Yeah. And you know, I think it's crazy because when you name all these people, you're talking about royalty, not just for Duke's sake, but for actual college basketball's yeah. sake, right? People who have stamped their name and cemented their legacy and to go out there and try and perform, maybe the moment was too big. And not to say these guys can't handle it, but it just felt like even the best of the best, right? You could say from the outside, not having to play this game, like the Jay Williams of the world and all right. these guys, like, oh, I would have, you know, you don't know what you would have done if you saw 80 legends out there and trying to, you know, go and compete against your biggest rival. And that played for your head coach that you're also playing for in his final game inside Cameron Indoor <laughs> Stadium, knowing a ceremony is coming after the fact, knowing that North Carolina wants to get you back because you beat them by 20 at their place earlier in the year, knowing that there are not just former Duke players in there, like we saw when Zion Williamson came to town uh, or played Carolina in the Cameron Indoor Stadium game, and all of a sudden you see Barack Obama walk out onto the floor. It turned into a who's who yeah. at the Duke-Carolina game this past. We learned, the internet learned, that Jerry Seinfeld has children, his own children, <laughs> that are students at Duke University. And then he's right. sitting next to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Kyler Murray is there. Last time I checked, he played college football at Texas A&M in Oklahoma. No ties to the school whatsoever. Dirk was there on the basketball side of things. T.O. was there. Todd yes. Gurley was there. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, wow, a who's who. Wasn't and it like Ken Chung from? Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. absolutely, from the hangover. A, yep. a Duke grad that was in. Tim Cook is the yep. CEO of Apple. Yeah. And he's a Duke grad. He was in attendance. I mean, everybody was there. And uh, I think the pressure might've got to them a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's really, again, it's difficult to play that game any day of the week. Fans, no fans, but you add on all of that extra stuff. You're asking a lot of some teen, literally teenagers, right? right? right. But, you know, X's and O's aside, I think you know, some of the best parts of this is we talked about Coach K, Coach Williams, Dean Smith, all these, you know, great coaches that make this rivalry great. But if you don't feel like the energy is here to stay, I beg to differ. Did we see the Theo, John, and Caleb love beef? Like, all these things from Armando Baycott and having his post talking about you're not a savage until you meet one. All of those energy things that you're like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe the kids will be all right, right? And maybe the rivalry is in good hands. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. And if anybody <laughs> felt that way, I mean, yeah. my gosh, what do you think? The schools at the end of the day are still less than 10 miles apart from one another. You're yeah. going to see each other around town 
all the time. I mean, you were a student athlete at, at UNC. You know what that's like to see Duke folks out and about all the time and to kind of have those rivalries built in and know that it's the game that everybody's talking about. It doesn't matter how good these teams are. It is always going to be in the primetime spot on ESPN because the rivalry warrants that. And so uh, there are always going to be high expectations going into a night like that. And now that we've seen Hubert Davis knock off his first season of competing in the rivalry, John Shire right around the corner. And as you mentioned, the players that are still out there, a part of this rivalry, it's still going to be heated. It's still (laughs) going to be the greatest rivalry in college basketball, even though Coach K will no longer be on the sidelines. Yeah, absolutely. One thought I want to share before I transition and ask you a couple more questions. I think for me, the greatest part was getting to see those kids go on Franklin because, you know, you talk about COVID year, you talk about even last year and having the way Franklin Street is roped off and, you know, you can't exactly rush the same way you used to. For me, it was like, okay, I get, I enjoy the fact that these kids get to be college students for once. Like you get to rush, you get to experience what people have been you know talking up for years right. and years. And now you have the opportunity just to go play in some fire, you know, just to go get hype. You know, even the kids from um, Krzyzewski, like you get to just have that moment where you tent out and you're able to tailgate all day and get yourself hyped for the moment. Now, while the tier memes were great, (laughs) you know, I still, you know, I'm excited that they got to have that opportunity. It's one that they'll never forget, good or bad, right? It's it's one you'll never forget. It was amazing. We uh, certainly loved all the dancing that took place in both locker rooms this year, right? Because, I mean, like we said, Duke goes into Chapel Hill and wins by 20, and you best believe the music started playing as soon as they got back into the locker room. At the very end of the game, uh, Duke goes back into the locker room before Coach K comes out to address the crowd, and there's like the camera shot of Caleb Love essentially jumping down the stairs to get down to the North Carolina locker room because they know how much of a celebration it's going to be. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm glad it felt normal again, and uh, let's turn the chapter. I hate it ended that way for Coach K. But there are still nine games potentially left to be won by Coach K and the Duke basketball team. And uh, if they win a national championship, Candace, we're going to forget all about this. Yeah, listen, I totally agree. I think that's at the end of the day, you know, national, um, not national, regular season championship is great. You know, you claim that rate, claim that title. Now you have the opportunity to see a little bit more. I want to get into the ACC tournament because the fact that Carolina and Duke can possibly meet again is pretty wild to me. But first, I want to remind you guys again that today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool, but I'm going to get even more action when it comes to March Madness. I'm going to talk about Stat Heroes. Stat Heroes NCAA game, single game pickums pits the star players against each other in the amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Man, do I love it. I actually went deep and even won some money throughout my time getting a little bets in there. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. I start focusing on the players I know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to sport to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So make sure you are getting in on the game. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. 
We're rocking and rolling here. JJ Jackson in the building, Locked On Blue Devils host. And we are talking about the ACC men's basketball tournament. Shout out to the North Carolina State women who took home their title. We listened to, if you listened to yesterday's show, Kenton Gibbs clearly knows all about those uh, champions. <laughs> and we are locked and loaded and ready for what should be a great start to, or tonight, really, we should say today. You know, 2 p.m., we'll see Pitt take on Boston College. We'll see at 4.30, Clemson take on NC State. And then at 7, we will see Louisville take on Georgia Tech. So for those opening games, we can start there before we get into what could be a potential rematch between Duke and Carolina. But for those opening games, does anything jump out about you? Or do you feel like, I mean, one, do you feel like anybody can win these games in throughout the whole tournament? But for these ones up in here, these first ones that you're going to have to play four days straight, can anybody kind of sneak in and maybe get run the gambit and be a Tuesday champion when it's all said and done? So, Candace, here's my first thought when we look at the uh, ACC tournament, and you're absolutely going to love this, right? Because <laughs> you mentioned it going into the last break. For the first time since 2006, mm-hmm. Duke won the ACC regular season title outright. They yeah. won it in 2010, but they were co-champions that year. This season, outright, Duke is the only champions of the ACC. I did not realize that NC State was the 15 seed in the conference tournament this year, just because after the Duke meeting, it just was irrelevant to me. And I really wasn't following. And, and you know, and I, this is coming from somebody, by the way, who has been heard on the show talking about how much I enjoy watching ACC basketball. But yeah. what happened to NC State, right? I mean, it's just crazy to hear about this from the outside looking in and yeah. to now know that you're playing in the 15 game versus Clemson. <laughs> who, by the way, I felt like started to play a little bit better towards the end of the season. I think uh, a lot of people arguing that P.J. Hall got snubbed for some all-ACC teams, and that sort of thing was a really good interior player for the Tigers this season. Uh, but, no, if you're if you're looking for a team that could possibly make a run, I'll be honest, I really don't see it out of any of these Tuesday teams. I think they'll win their games, but I, I don't see any big run coming from any of these teams. And, you know, that's fair because I think all of these teams have shown flashes and moments. And, listen, at any time in any tournament, anybody can get hot. But I don't think it's right. anybody on this group that can sustain that heat. I don't think there's anyone. Like, you know, shout out to Pitt for having a decent season. Boston College, sure, they've improved. But certainly not going to be enough to beat some of these heavy hitters. But you're right. It's number 15 NC State, I'm trying to tell you, it got ugly real quick. There was a stretch there where you were just like, I mean, fight back. Give me something. Like just, <laughs> just let me know that there is still life within this program. But Coach Keats is still staying. They're going to give him another year thanks to, you know, some NCAA scandals from some past coaches. So he's skated by with that. But he's going to have to figure out how to have a really good offseason when it comes to recruiting. Got to going to dip in that transfer portal or he's going to figure out where many base needs to go. If he's going to come back, all of those fun things that you get to you know deliver. And then we'll see on Wednesday, we'll have Florida state play Syracuse. And we'll also see Wake Forest play the winner of Pitt and Boston college, Virginia tech play the winner of Clemson and NC state. And then Virginia play the winner of Louisville and Georgia tech. Now this bracket could get a little more interesting. Yeah, here we go. Now we got some action. I'm liking because uh, a lot of these teams here, again, we're not quite to the teams that had double buys all the way to the quarterfinals. But still, when you talk about five through seven in terms of your seeding with Wake Forest, Virginia, and then Virginia Tech, I think these teams could start to make some runs. And Virginia being one of those teams at six, mm-hmm. it's a Tony Bennett coach team who knows what it takes. Virginia yeah. has won a national championship in 2019, the most recent, 
ACC team be able to say that they've done something like that. So I definitely think it's a, a possibility they're able to make a deep run. And then you've got Wake Forest. I mean, Steve Forbes, we learned yesterday, won ACC Coach of the Year. Alondis Williams was named ACC Player of the Year. Those guys are playing good basketball this time of year, and that's really important. Uh, Duke will play the winner of Syracuse and Florida State. That's the last game being played on Wednesday. It'll take place first, but it's the last game I'm talking about here. Uh, And the winner of that game plays Duke, and Duke has already played both of those teams twice. So you're setting up a potential third meeting uh, with one of those schools. If I had to pick a school to make a run out of that group of teams, I do think it's Virginia. Okay, interesting. I would I would hope that with the ACC Player of the Year, Wake Forest would certainly yeah. make a good run. But we've seen Wake Forest crap the bed a little bit right. a couple times. But I think also you talk about Virginia, Reese Beekman feeling snubbed about not getting Defensive Player of the Year. And you know, I personally shout out Mark was, Williams, yeah. right? Either Mark or Leaky. I you know I wouldn't right. put Reese in the conversation, but you know that's neither here nor there. But everyone feels you know slighted. Then you got Virginia Tech, who listen. On paper, supposed to be great. Sometimes they get in their own way. But, you know, tournament teams can get – anybody can feel it. Anybody can get crazy. Think Crazier things have happened. So, Thursday, you meet the top four, right? So, you'll get Duke to play the winner of Florida State-Syracuse, which, you know, I personally feel like Florida State is going to beat Syracuse. But, you know, Betty Bayham, apparently he's first team all ACC. Let's uh-huh. talk about that. A little bit strange. But here we are. Miami, they'll play the winner of Wake Forest with the uh, the potential to play Wake Forest. Notre Dame will be in the mix. And then North Carolina will also be in the mix. So, I think that – of those teams, who's the most fraudulent top four? Duke, Miami, Notre Dame, or North Carolina? Wow. Uh, a great question. <laughs> I'm not going to say Duke. And uh, I, just because I, I don't believe them to be fraudulent yeah. in the season, they're outright champs for a reason. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, all the respect in the world to them. We should mention uh, Monday after Locked on ACC was released to the world in the afternoon, we got the newest Associated Press Top 25 poll. And for the first time in the year 2022, you have to go all the way back to 2021. For the first time in the year 2022, we have two ACC teams that are in the top. Yeah, round I wish I had a horn. <laughs> uh, Finally. Duke is number seven, and then North Carolina comes in at number 25. Yeah. It would be Notre Dame for me, Candice. I mean, still mm. to this day, Notre Dame is second, and, and, and Mike Bray's not going to enjoy hearing that. But how? I mean, it's unbelievable what they've been able to do. you got to give them credit for winning game after game after game. But you look at the roster, and it's not an overwhelming basketball team. And you almost want to think at some point some of these teams are going to kick it into gear and start Mm -hmm. to figure it out, play a little bit better basketball. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would be very eerie if I was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, I think Blake Blake Wesley is going to have to play big, and him being young is going to be a factor. I think Lazuski is going to have to have the threes of his life and shoot out the gym every single time. You know, any big man with a three is always dangerous. Yeah. But, you know, I'd also say North Carolina, they might be feeling a little bit too high on this tie. Like, I can go ahead and talk about my team like a dirty dog. That's okay? a good way to look at it. That's yeah. fair. I mean, you do have such an emotional high yeah. after winning that game in Cameron that there is – a possibility of a letdown game taking place. They're lucky that they have time to regroup and they're not going to be, you know, right. Tuesday or Wednesday and matchups. The first the first game for North Carolina, I'll say it is likely going to be against Virginia. I think Virginia yeah. is going to win their game that's played on Wednesday. And granted, North Carolina beat Virginia uh, pretty handily in Chapel Hill this season. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go back and look at the previous meetings mm-hmm. between UNC and UVA. And the Cavaliers have dominated that series 
yeah. over the last five or six seasons. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a good perspective. I wasn't going to go there at all, Candace, but now that you brought me there. No, yeah. you have to. That's that's what that's what Carolina has been all season, inconsistent. And the Virginia team that they met and stomped on is not the same Virginia team that they're going to see here in the, in the tournament. I think that Carolina has to regroup and figure it out, but they are so used to being flaky. But also, I think I'm at the point where if they don't win another game, that's all I needed for the 2021-2022 season. If you just ruined Coach K's final game – I'm fine if we don't even make it to the t- – you know, I don't even care. I don't even care. Like, did, did you guys have fun for that one? Because you're always going to have that memory, and so many people are going to have that memory. Now, mind you, of course, we talk about Carolina and the expectations. Of course, they want more, but I, I'm just sitting – I'm sitting pretty. Like, you, there's nothing else for me. But I think that, to me, how Duke redeems itself, they have to win the national championship. Then nobody's going to care about the retirement party. But, I, right. but not to say that winning the national championship is not po- not impossible for them because we know – you know, that's how how they roll. But I want to hear your thoughts on who you think is actually going to come away with this tournament win in just a second. We know that March Madness has got all of your bets going. And so if you want to get a part of a bracket, I strongly suggest you hit up Run Your Pool. It offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find on ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we will, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own bracket and make your pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Again, that's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. And, of course, guys. It's time to rock and roll. You're ready to go. You want to add some best to your life. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best place for sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just college basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, and even some football. We're already getting ready to see who's going to be your champions for next season going into the college season. So make sure you head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. You know, it's a lot about betting these days, and we know this is a sensitive topic if you're in the Atlanta area. Shout out to the Falcons. I'm so sorry, Calvin Ridley. You hate it had to be him. But hopefully if you're putting $1,500 down, you're not a current NFL player, and you know what's at stake. Like, that's just wild. Just wild. It's crazy. <laughs> it, I, I can't believe that story is real. It, someone someone posted it felt like a, a random results generator would make up the Atlanta Falcons with all the crazy things that happened to them. Like, yeah. my God. Like, when it rains, it just pours for that team. <laughs> clearly. Absolutely clearly. But the, that's either here nor there. Clearly, there has to be a champion out of this ACC uh, men's basketball tournament. And, of course, I feel like I know who you're going to pick, but I would love to hear from you, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. Who's going to win the ACC tournament? Well, Candace, uh, as expected, the Duke Blue Devils are going to win the ACC tournament. I, I truly do believe that. It's yeah. just three games needed to get that done. I, I think the national championship is obviously what we want to happen, and I think there's a pathway for, for Duke to be able to do that and to send Mike Krzyzewski out on top. But Duke has dominated the conference this regular season. Some of their worst games, for whatever reason, strangely enough, were played inside Cameron Indoor Stadium this year. Mm-hmm. Duke's greatest wins on the season were played away from Cameron Indoor. And if I take like the North Carolina 20-point victory out of the equation, okay, the number one overall seed in the tournament is going to be Gonzaga. Duke defeated them on a neutral site floor. Uh, Another 
darling to make a Final Four run. It seemed that a lot of people think uh, alongside Auburn could win the SEC, the Kentucky Wildcats, Duke defeated on a neutral site floor. Every time Duke has lost this season, they bounce back with a vengeance. And I just think this team has way too much swagger, way too much grit. And really, at the end of the day, they've got the most talent in the conference. They're going to figure it out. They're going to start to play well together. And I do think they're going to be able to find a way to win the ACC tournament. Now, because I feel like this is such a you never know what you're going to get kind of league this year, I think Miami's going to win the whole thing. Just because why not Miami? You know, like why not Cameron McGusty? Why not Isaiah Wong figuring out, finding ways to win? I just That's what I feel like because it's too predictable for Duke to win. However, I know that Duke is in full villain mode. Like they they are so embarrassed by that loss that they have channeled a different beast. Like and I went to see Batman this weekend. And of course, like the Two-Face is not in this movie, but right. know, shout out to Batman. But I feel like Duke is Two-Face right now. Like they they knew they got played, they, their face got played in Cameron. So now they got to turn evil real quick and just handle business and really just go di- is villain mode. Like they're so- they're different. We, we know Theo John is going to be ready for this. Like 100%. he's always ready to star in a role like this. But I'm curious <laughs> from a non-Duke fan, Candace, when you look at the roster and you see the swag that these Duke guys play with, you see Paulo, you've seen Trevor Keels at this point, who's one of my personal favorites. You see Wendell Moore. Yeah. Like which of those Duke guys do you think is going to absolutely love taking on that villain role? I really feel like it's AJ Griffin. He's the X factor to me. <laughs> that mofo is going to figure out how to light it up. And he, everyone's going to be like, oh, we have to worry about Paolo. Oh, we have to worry about Mark. And it's just like, oh, just feed me the rock. And that's right. just going to be, he's just going to unload. I I really feel like, because no one's going to, they know what he's capable of, but I truly feel like he's going to take it to another level. As well as Trevor Keels and Jeremy, Jeremy Roach. God, I hate that I talk about. So there's so many good, like, you know, who yeah. isn't good. They're so but. talented. That's <laughs> the thing. They're so talented. It's got to all come together. And I love what you said there. Uh, there are games this season when Duke loses that you feel like, wow, Paulo needs to shoot the ball more. He needs to shoot 20-plus times. Mm-hmm. Well, he shot it 26 times against North Carolina. Yeah. And in the second half, it wasn't that efficient. And then yeah. you look back, and when Duke won by 20 in Chapel Hill, A.J. Griffin had 27 points. Went That's crazy nice. against the Tar Heels in the rematch in Cameron. AJ was kind of lost. He played 34 minutes, but only took five shots. Yeah. Like there are so many shots that need to go around amongst these guys when they find the perfect blend and they have this year, this Duke team, as we have seen at moments is really scary yeah. and really darn good. Listen, I promise you that of the 80 uh, alumni that showed up on Saturday, 60 of them texted AJ and the rest of them and said, all right, you got to be the sharpshooter. You got to be the killer. Right. You got to make sure that you unload during this tournament. Like, this is your payback. You have to do, you have to step like, okay, you know, people are going to rag on this for maybe the next 24 hours, but we know how new cycle is in sports. It's going to go away. You have the time to redeem yourself. And right. I think they're going to do it. They're going to they're have to turn on a different mode. Mark Williams has really improved throughout this entire season he wins the defensive player of the year award he and Wendell Moore Jr. were a part of the ACC all defense team this season the number of different times that Mark kind of bullied some of the big players of opposing teams and then would do a head tap because he just dunked on him to let the world know about it I mean he's going to come ready to play this team's awesome yeah, I, I will say Duke is definitely in sicko mode, so everyone needs to be aware and a little bit nervous. I'm just going to say, like, I'm, I'm going to keep it a, a band. You know, I keep it honest on this show. Duke is definitely in sicko mode, and oh, yeah. I fear for I fear for everybody that has to come in their way because you're, you're just in their way at this point, right? So 
they'll figure it out. But JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. I'm so glad we got to come back and talk. Yeah. Can you please remind these folks of where they can find you follow your work? For sure. I appreciate that, Candice. I'm excited to watch the ACC tournament this week. We mentioned things kind of getting more back to normal. So shout out to getting to go back up to Brooklyn and playing in front of full capacity crowd. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to get political by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever, but things are improving. Mandates are being lifted. There is going to be a whole new renewed sense of energy in the building. So I just can't wait. Like this is a basketball junkies dream in one (laughs) week. From now, basically, we're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament bracket. So that's awesome. You can hear all of the Duke perspective on Lockdown Blue Devils at LO underscore Blue Devils on Twitter. I'm on Twitter with way too many underscores at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore talking all things Duke five days a week. Thanks, no, Of course, no doubt. Guys, make sure you come back tomorrow. We got more as we recap and give you updates for the ACC men's basketball tournament as well as a little bit of football insight. You know, seasons are rocking and rolling. Have a couple interviews dropping. We have one from Mike Harley, um, Miami standout. He's talking about his path to the draft. We got some others coming this week that I'm super excited about. And you got the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. You got the Locked On Bracket Breakdown podcast coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts, guys. So we've got you all covered here on our podcast network. So for Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson, until next time.